Good day, folks. Good day. Welcome to episode 65. And I know this one's been a little bit of a long time coming, but I almost always promised you guys that I would never record episodes which were suboptimal, ones that were just kind of fillers. Because the whole point of this podcast is it's designed to be good, useful information that you can carry forward into your own journeys, transformations, etc. And if I start just recording it for the sake of recording it, because I promised you an episode, then it kind of misses the whole point of the podcast, which is actual useful information for everybody. So hello. Thanks for giving us a break. Couple of weeks. Much appreciated for my regular, regular avid listeners. And of course, if you're catching up with this for the first time, then hello and welcome to the Moyes podcast. Hopefully you enjoy what we have here. There's quite a bit of content at this stage. And today is hopefully no exception because we're going to be touching on obsession. And over my course of time as a coach, as a trainer, as a gym enthusiast in pretty much everything I've ever done in my life, at some point the word or the phrase you're obsessed has been mentioned. Now, granted, I do have a very obsessively mindseted mind. Let's start that English again. I do have a very obsessive mind. When I get my head into something, when I get focused on something, it's all I think about. I genuinely do obsess about it. But a little while ago, a couple of years, let's say, I realized that obsession was actually something that was worth harnessing and taming as opposed to something which is just seen as black and white and bad and good etc. Now we tend to do this as a society with a lot of things. We tend to focus on it's either good or it's bad. You've only got to look at dieting culture, fitness etc in general to see that most people go right is it good is it bad but there's a grey area in pretty much everything that we do and obsession is no exception to that. Obsession can be a terrible thing But it can also be incredibly useful and it depends on how you use it, it depends on how you harness it and the balance between that and switching off from the obsession, which can make it incredibly useful. To give you guys the best example, I would not be where I am now in life, in everything, not just physical material things, but in terms of my headspace, in terms of the things I've achieved, accomplishments, etc. if I wasn't obsessively minded. I mean, hell, one of the reasons that Rach and I are together is because I was obsessively minded about her. But my point being that obsession, when harnessed in a correct way, will lead to great results. And so if you're sat around the table or if you're tracking on my fitness power, if you're keeping on the calories that you're consuming and someone turns around and says to you, oh, you're obsessed, then I invite you to question their attitude and relationship with obsession i invite you to ask the question why is that a bad thing if you look at any successful business people in the world for them to get to where they got to obsession had to be a part of it they had to obsess about the details obsess about what they were doing i mean tell me right now that elon musk is not obsessed it's impossible because he is To be successful at anything, look at Olympians. You have to be obsessed with the next marker, the next personal best, the next time. You have to be obsessed to be successful in pretty much anything. So obsession, it's not a bad thing, but it can be. So looking at your journey, looking at the things that you need to do when it comes to keeping on the calories that you're consuming, keeping on the steps that you're doing and the movement, 
keeping an eye on the exercise and getting to the gym, etc. People have different levels of obsession. And what I mean by that is people have a different opinion on what is obsessed. If I go to the gym four times a week, my nan might turn around and go, oh, you're obsessed. However, there might be someone that goes to the gym six times a week. Now am I obsessed or am I actually relatively normal in comparison? So obsession is very much a spectrum. And so when it comes to your tracking of calories, your mindfulness when it comes to your food, obsession needs to come into play because you do need to focus on the calories of which you're consuming. You do need to focus on your food choices and making better choices, being aware of true hunger signals, recognizing true hunger, looking at optimizing your caloric usage, not just to achieve the goal of the calorie deficit, for example, and fat loss, but also optimizing what you're doing to ensure that you've got a healthy foundation for your diet, a decent structure you can adhere to each and every day so that you don't have to continue using MyFitnessPal, NutriCheck, etc. going forwards. So when it comes to obsessing about tracking and food, etc., it is important to a degree. We do need to give it attention. I suppose this is where the line gets blurred. People think of obsession and focus as the same thing. Oh, you're focused on your food, you're focused on tracking, you're tracking everything, and therefore you're obsessed. No, there is a difference. To be able to reduce your body fat, and particularly from my experience to do it in an optimal way, in other words, having as much food as possible whilst reducing your body fat, and not completely screwing your relationship with food as many diets and club-based, group-based diets tend to do, not naming any names, you have to focus on the details. You have to look at each element of what you're consuming because, fucking hell, a jacket potato with some beans or tuna can easily be an incredibly calorific meal, but it could also be a controlled calorific meal or controlled calorie meal, dependent on your approach to it. So the obsession about the details... The minutiae of something can make a big, big difference when it comes to the calories of which you're consuming. Case in point, if you don't give enough focus to the way you're cooking your food, you could go egg, healthy, piece of bread, healthy, egg on toast, fantastic. But if you're slathering that toast with butter and you're cooking the egg in fucking an inch of oil, then yeah, you're probably going to bounce up your saturated fats. And of course, you're going to increase your calories twofold with that. So... And an egg on toast for one person and an egg on toast for another person, person A being the focused one, person B being the lackadaisical one, is going to be very different from a caloric perspective and therefore very different from a successful diet perspective than the other. So I'm sorry to all of those parents and people out there that go, oh, you're obsessed. But obsession, when harnessed, is imperative. You need to key into the details. After all, as the old quote goes, success is the sum of multiple small actions repeated consistently. Those small actions need to be emphasized. They need to be important. They are important. And so if you don't pay attention to the little things, it's easy for little things to slip through the crack and become quite big things. This happens so much with people I'm coaching. They get lackadaisical about their tracking and they subconsciously, they're not always aware they're doing this, 
track don't track things don't account for calories like the way they're cooking foods like that little drive-by sweet they have each day like the coffee they order from starbucks every day they don't focus on these little details because they're not obsessing if you will and so because of that they get to their reviews they get to their weigh-ins etc and they don't see the results that they were expected to see why is that it's because you've missed out these small details and the small details have added up to a lot over time and therefore they are messing with the result. So when it comes to keeping an eye on your food, there is always a trade-off when it comes to dieting. The whole fucking process of dieting is a compromise. After all, nobody wants to be in a calorie deficit. Nobody wants to deprive or restrict themselves of calories. But to achieve fat loss, you have to be calorie restricted to a point the level of that restriction and the impact it has on your life is completely up to you. And the method of which you use to restrict calories, again, is completely up to you. Some being better than others from experience. But the whole nature of the whole thing is compromise. So we've got to understand that to make sure that what we do is successful. We've got to understand that the compromise is that, yeah, you're going to have to be a little bit more obsessed about what you're consuming, the quantities, the calorie level. You might even have to weigh your foods, which, again, some people would deem as being obsessive. But by giving yourself accurate information going forwards into the future, not only will you be more successful and therefore you'll get to the point where you don't need to weigh your foods quicker, but you will also relinquish the need for MyFitnessPal, NutriCheck, calorie tracking apps, etc. Because you will have this bedrock of accurate caloric knowledge to reduce your body fat. The next time you do a deficit, because I would always love to say that it's the final deficit, but we have things like Christmas and social events, etc. and holidays where we might need to re-enter a deficit afterwards. You may not even need MyFitnessPal. Because if you've got that obsession and you did that obsession previously, so you've got that tangible information, that accurate information in your mind of the calories you consume, then the beauty of it is that going forwards into that second deficit post-holiday, you may not even need to track. You may simply need to be more mindful and aware of what you're doing. And what is mindfulness? What is awareness if not a little bit obsessive? The same can also be said for activity trackers. Now, when it comes to activity trackers, though they in themselves are making you a little bit obsessive, quote unquote, when it comes to your movement. But the reason why they are incredibly beneficial is because you get an idea of just how much you're moving each day. Some people are not particularly self-aware, not particularly self-reflective or, you know, self-knowing of how much they move each day. If you were to ask a, you know, a group of, say, 100 people, how much would you say you move? I reckon a lot of them would say, yeah, I reckon I move quite a decent amount. But if you were to stick an activity tracker on them, you would see that they were pretty damn sedentary. Case in point, a lot of people think, ah, Chris Moyes, he's a personal trainer. He must be incredibly active. Folks, I'm sat here in front of my laptop talking. Yes, I gesticulate when I talk, so you guys can't see my arms waving around, etc. But... A lot of my day is spent online coaching. Therefore, my job as a personal trainer is very different nowadays to what it was five years ago when I was in the gym with people all day, every day. So therefore, don't tar one particular career or one particular thing that you have a, an opinion about with, yep, I'm active because I do this, or this person is active because they do that. It all depends on the individual, and this is why I take such an individual approach to what I do. Because it's incredibly important to understand what is active for someone. 
And when it comes to obsession, activity trackers fall into that bracket because we need to be obsessed about how much we're moving or focus at least on how much we're moving to get an idea of how we can change it, to get an idea of where our pitfalls and shortfalls are. You might think you're incredibly active. You might wear an activity tracker, look at your activity trace over the course of the day and go, fucking hell, I don't move until 4 p.m. Therefore, by having that level of focus, obsession, some would call it, you've then got the ability to make changes. You've realized you don't move that much in spite of thinking that you did. So, yes, obsession, focus, the line gets blurred a lot. But obsession, I believe personally, when it comes to not just success, when it comes to fat loss, not just success when it comes to transformation physically, transformation mentally, but achievement of pretty much anything in life, you have to be obsessed. My business has got to where it's got to because I am and was obsessed about it. I achieve the things that I do, I go after the things that I want and most of the time I'm able to achieve them because I obsess about them, it's all that I think about. But... And this is where the caveat for the podcast comes in. This is where the counter argument comes in. Obsession, when inappropriately applied, can be incredibly damaging. An obsession when it comes to food and calories can easily snowball from someone that is appropriately adhering to a sensible caloric target to someone that is incredibly malnourished and under eating. Obsession with the scales Weighing themselves on a too regular basis can lead to someone that is obsessed with their body weight being the sum of their true worth, when in actual fact, it's far from it. Obsession, when used inappropriately, can lead you down a very, very dark road, one which can then lead to other issues. So obsession must be very carefully harnessed. It's one of the reasons that with my clients, I give them a caloric target, yes, and I encourage them to run under that target as and when they're able, creating an attitude of my glass is half full and I'm choosing not to eat those calories as opposed to I am deprived. However, the rule is they're not allowed to be 10, at most 15% under their caloric target to ensure that they are still nourished, to ensure that they are still looking after themselves. Exercise too is something that I focus on heavily when it comes to the discussion in the beginning and, and going forwards. If someone says to me, I want to train six days a week, it's a huge red flag for me because with the exception of athletes and people that are particularly competitive, training six days a week is not sustainable for most people. And so if people obsess that they're going to train six days a week and they only train four days a week, they're only going to see the failure of the two sessions they didn't do as opposed to the four sessions that they did do. That is obsession, which is skewed. That is a bad example of obsession gone wrong. Oh, sorry, a good example of obsession gone wrong. A bad example of obsession. So it's a balancing act. It's a very, very sensitive and careful attitude you have to have. It's okay to be obsessive. It's needed. It's necessary. It's imperative in some ways to be obsessive about what you do because obsession will lead to results. Keying into the details, focusing on the minutiae, obsessing, sweating the small stuff is important when appropriately directed. Obsessing about minutiae which you have no control over, weighing yourself on too regular basis, obsessing about elements you have no control over is damaging and is dangerous. So is obsession a bad thing? 
It depends, which tends to be the answer to most things in life. It is very much a case of context and circumstance, which dictates whether things are good or bad, not simply they are good or bad. When it comes to obsession, something that you guys know that I use because for 64 episodes now, you've heard it at the end of every podcast, but serenity. Grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change. Have the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Obsess about the things that you can control. Don't obsess about things that you have no control over. It's why when people say to me, "What you know, I want, I'm going to set myself a weight target by a certain date or a measurement target by a certain date, I always tell them to not do it because you don't actually have any tangible control on your measurements and your weight. You don't because the night before a weigh-in, you may have done everything you need to do to get down to a certain body fat level. However, the night before a weigh-in, you may come on. It may be your the time of the month. It may very well be that you have a high carbohydrate meal and you're retaining more water. It may very well be that you're constipated. Could very well be that you come down sick and therefore you wake up the next day, you don't meet that target. Does that mean you failed? No, because you look at your adherence over the past, I don't know, six weeks and you've absolutely aced it every single day. That obsession has led to the deficit that you were trying to create, but you cannot control your waist measurement. You cannot control your weight measurement. Because there are too many other variables that have an input on those numbers. In time, they will go the direction you want them to go. All you can control is your actions. And your actions are what lead to the results, not the other way around. So, get obsessed, folks. But appropriately. Sweat the small stuff. But only when it's appropriate to do so. Don't worry about things you have no control over. Focus on the things that you do have control over. And obviously obsession and the level of focus is different for each individual. It all depends on the person when it comes to what I will encourage them to really focus on. There are some people which are just in tune with focusing on their food and they sweat the small stuff without even realizing that they do. They just like being in control of every element and they don't even obsess about it. It's, it's easy for them. And they need focus in other ways. I get some people that try to cheat the system. They try to lackadaisically track. They try to just chuck one item in when actually that one item of a bacon sandwich is made up of six different items. But they want the easiest option. Those are the people I would encourage to sweat the small stuff. But recognize when obsession is doing damage. Obsessing over that Instagram model's physique, for example, that's doing damage because you're obsessing that you don't look like that yet, in spite of the fact that she has different parents, grandparents, genetics, etc. Your body will optimize your body. And there's goals and you can have aspirations. There's nothing wrong with looking at people on Instagram or Facebook and thinking that's what I want to look like. But understand that you won't look exactly like that because there is a myriad of different things going on behind closed doors that you have no control over there's a lot of stuff you don't know that's going on hell you don't even know if they're using drugs for example but also they've got different genetics to you focus on doing the best job that you can obsess about you doing the best job you can obsess about your standards obsess about your expectations of yourself but within reason make sure those expectations are realistic and sustainable which is pretty much the cornerstone of everything that I do. Results are easy if you take obsession up to 11. If you absolutely go crazy on a huge caloric deficit, 
massive amounts of exercise and activity, but it's not sustainable and it's not realistic. So obsession harnessed is what we're looking for. And folks, appreciate your time. Slightly shorter podcast this one, but no point in rambling on about a topic which I've covered. Don't need to go any deeper into. So thank you ever so much for listening. As always, I'm going to repeat it for the second time in this podcast because it's relevant. Obsess about the things that you can change. Fuck off the things you can't. Don't worry about them. Don't give them any time of day. Don't give them any focus. And have the wisdom to know the difference. And I will see you on 66. Toodles.